This edition of True Hill Heat is sponsored to you by Wrestling Travel. Wrestling Travel is an organization that brings wrestling fans from all over the world together to go to your biggest events like WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom, and Bound for Glory. To learn more, go to WrestlingTravel.org and also subscribe to the Wrestling Travel YouTube channel and learn all about wrestling travel and check out Lockdown Sessions with Justin Clapper. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are back once again with our latest podcast, True Hill Heat 94. On this edition of True Hill Heat, we will be discussing the latest wrestling news, including all of the fallout from WWE Clash of Champions Gold Rush, as well as a big shakeup in New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, the latest on the outbreak in WWE, week 48 of the Wednesday Night Wars between WWE NXT and AEW Dynamite, and we preview another jam-packed week of professional wrestling with Impact Victory Road, more G1 Climax 30 action, and NXT TakeOver 31. I am back once again with the princess of all the true heels, the co-host of SmackDown with the Lynches, Miss Chrissy Love. Hello, hello, hello. Ah, hello, boo. How are you guys? Nice to see the trio back in effect, just the three of us. I, I like I like your, your true heel shirt, vintage. Yes, oh. vintage, yes. Thanks. This feels like a vintage episode. Vintage yeah, like, like true heels. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is great, guys. Yes, Top Guy JJ, sounding like Michael Cole, but I got to give him a proper introduction. Uh, he is the one and the only true heel resident alcoholic himself, Mr. Top Guy JJ. Oh, geez, baby, let's get this bit started. I'm loving the vibes of this episode already. My man got the blanket behind him for the classic true heel set. You know what I mean? Chrissy with the true heel shirt on. I got the homage to, to Brooklyn takeover, not takeover New York. Right. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. This feels vintage, baby. Let's get this shit going. Yes. <laughs> they don't even sell those. I need one of those t-shirts, too. I'm going to have to go on. It's just sold out at the arena. I know. Very, very happy this week. But yes, we are the original true heel trio with us this time. We'll have another, we'll have a very special guest on True Hill Heat 95. I am sure the road to 100 continues. Nice. This edition of True Hill Heat is brought to you by our very good friends over at Wrestling Travel. We would like to thank the good brother, the clap man, Justin Clapper, for appearing on True Hill Heat 93. And yes. this, and going further, a couple of episodes straight will be brought to you by Wrestling Wrestling Travel. So check out their YouTube channel. Check them out online October 5th. They'll have a huge announcement about their next tickets that you can get to your next great wrestling show, whenever that may be. And <laughs> remember, guys, to like this video, give it a thumbs up, share this video with all your wrestling fans and all your wrestling groups. We talk about everything from the professional wrestling world, from WWE, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, whatever whatever anything that ends with wrestling we talk about it right here on true hill heat so bring it out to everybody and of course the i card down at the bottom push that to subscribe and the bell to stay notified for all the great content right here on true hill heat so 
Speaking of you, the viewers, our subscribers, this right here is our True Heal roll call. How we start off every True Heal heat by shouting you guys out, all our supporters on social media, our YouTube channel, and everything in between. Our top three conversation starters on the True Heals group page, the True Heal Trinity. Coming in at number three is Mr. Charles Kirkhoff. Coming in at number two is the New Japan aficionado, James Wims, who's very happy because it's the most wonderful time of the year, G1 season. <laughs> and coming in at number one, the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson. Tell you, man, every week, James Wims is somewhere in there. He floats. He's in every <laughs> week. And every week. Somewhere in between. And the True Hills, we got a shout out. Mike Fitzgerald, Trayvon Trice, Ray Weaver and Tiffany Marie, our YouTube subscriber highlight. We got a shout out Kwame Shafir, who commented on True Hill Heat 93. WWE once again insults our intelligence by wanting us, the viewers, to pretend that we didn't know the members of Aces and 5 8 were signed oh. to NXT contracts. WWE equals enjoys insulting our intelligence for many years now i don't know how that coordinates the wwe but it equals that uh kid get money commented on our wwe clash of champions pay-per-view roundtable great job by you guys top guy jj who was a part of that and kid get money commented drunk guy jj has the best outros in the game I <laughs> um sengu Underscore 01 says uh, for Wednesday Night Warriors episode 17, that episode is basically 2020 in a nutshell. Fun mm. as usual, fellas. And um, he, the, if you want to know what was the episode name for Wednesday Night Warriors episode 17, it was Card Subject Torona. Kind of like True Hill, <laughs> True Hill Heat 93's title was G1 Clash of the Rona. So uh, Kayfabe Tactics is our last comment that we got to highlight from that True Hill Heat episode. He says, I can't stand any English commentary in professional wrestling. It, it really distracts me from the match when they're describing shit I can already see for myself. Mm. We're trying to make a dumb joke or saying the same, same old shit. I've heard for almost 40 years now about why a heel is doing this blah 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 even in the wwe shows i watch i switch to any language other than english because then i can just pretend everything they're saying is 100 what i agree with lol great comment right there by kayfabe tactics and that leads us into what we missed and what we missed was wwe clash of champions and yes the ackerman the ackerman uh. is cock um, yes, with the with the subtitle of Gold Rush, and it was main evented by I'm gonna say right here the best WWE pay per view main event of 2020 with not the Tribal Chief, your Tribal Chief, our Tribal Chief, everyone's Tribal Chief, <laughs> the Universal Champion Roman Reigns defeating Jay Uso in probably one of the most emotionally driven matches of, of the year. Regardless of what promotion you watch, this was emotionally driven. This was some of the best storytelling we saw in professional wrestling in 2020. And the big dog with one of the best performances of his career. Same with Jay Uso. I know uh, Top Guy JJ had a lot to say about it on the pay-per-view roundtable. We miss Chrissy Love. What was your thoughts on this main event? 
Um, the main event I thought was good. A little too long for my liking, but I loved it. I love all the emotion in it. I, I, everything about it, the, the lays being put on him by Paul Heyman. I thought, I, I mean, the other brother coming out and like, all right, dog, you happy now? You happy? Like, what's up? Like, leave him alone. Like, why are you doing this? I thought all of that was amazing um, for a shit show of a show. Um, uh, great ending to that to that show because if any anything else ended, I would have been very very upset about it. But other than that, I think that was the, a good good match. Great. Too bad people were like if, these are the matches that they give us when people should be there. You know, what I'm, you understand what I'm saying? Like if if a crowd was there, do you understand like what what he would have felt from like feeding off of that? Like. That would have been amazing. But, you know, best work can't be done with people, I guess. You have to be on a screen as this new age of life is happening. But I, I actually liked it. It definitely would have taken things to the next level if there was fans in, attention, in attendance. But I, I, I rated this on my Sportskeeda article for star ratings for right. WWE Clash of Champions. I gave this four and a half stars. This was one of the best matches of the year from WWE. I know Top Guy JJ, you gave it four and three quarters on your roundtable review, but any other comments on this match? It was the best storied match that I've seen in probably the last three, four years. Mm. The story... When you bleed out such a good story and you paint the picture of what's to come, this is the best thing that Roman Reigns, to me, has done his entire career. This was... Agreed. So good. Like, I, I was in conversation with a couple of my family members watching. I just said, stop talking to me. Stop talking. Like, I haven't seen a wrestling story this good in forever forever like that i was like match wise probably a two and a half star match but the story yes five yeah story was yep. a five so i based my rating on the story alone yeah it had me like oh shit i wouldn't mind the rock coming back i wouldn't mind seeing rikishi get embarrassed mm, let's back. bring the whole family let's go come on that like when i when he puts a good story on, it's perfect. And if, if they continue the route, this is going to be Roman's best story in his career. Yeah. This, this, I, I could go, go on about this shit for the entire podcast. It was that fucking good to me. Like, I, I, I mean, this Roman, Roman already is our guy. We're going to have to reincarnate some of our lyrics to that song. We might have to redo it a little bit. Are you going to the tribal chief in there? Oh, yes. the tribal yes. chief. King of the WWE has got to fit in there somewhere. The, 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 tribal, the tribal chief is so strong. Like, holy, oh. like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> that Roman needed a mouthpiece, and then we got what he got, and then it comes with this attitude. Yo, Fridays is the place to be for me for wrestling right now. Fridays <laughs> is it for me right now, and I've been shitting on SmackDown for the past 18 months. But that was the thing we tried to tell you when they when we talked about the whole Rock and Roman. I know Chrissy knows about it a little bit more because she watches SmackDown. But I've been watching SmackDown ever since Roman returned, and the right. whole relationship with him and Paul Heyman. It's about him dictating everything with Paul Heyman. He lets Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, no. Paul yes. Heyman doesn't need to talk for him because we saw in that match he cut one of the best promos of the year in the match. Acknowledge me. Call call me the tribal chief. 
acknowledge me. Say it. <laughs> Just <laughs> my comment on the round table. I cop to it. I cop to it. I completely cop to it. I was like, you know what? When we did True Hill Heat for '93, I wasn't on board with this roll rock thing. But now, yo, here's my fucking money. Take that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> take my virtual coins because this shit got me like yo but but that also shows what it said like you said the dynamics between paul Heyman. paul Heyman does what he needs to do and then roman don't have to speak but he still speaks and still reiterates and say this is me this is what i'm doing like this is what's happening like you're gonna let, get down late like let's do it you know what i'm saying like this is and it's perfect like this is if it keeps going this way, this got to be like one of the best storylines. This is going to hold WWE together. Other than that, everything else is just, just throw it in trash. This is, this is the top storyline regardless of what brand. I, and I'm including NXT in this. this yes, you have to. You have to. Best story because it's multi-layered because Roman is talking about the responsibility of being the champion, that he is the breadwinner for the, for the, uh, the, the, the whole family because he's mm -hmm. used to that responsibility. He's always been the guy. He's always, he was trained to be the tribal chief because he sat next to the tribal chief and that's what makes the whole introduction of Rock, if that happens, even better because he's the grandson of the high chief. So it's like it's like so many layers on top of layers can come from this. And I love what JJ said in the roundtable about Jay Uso didn't give up. Jay Uso right. had will thrown in, so we can go back to the Jay Uso Roman match. And I and I even would say I disagree with you on the in ring work. The in ring work was very solid. If it was just about the in-ring work, this would be like a three-and-a-half-star match because the right. in-ring work was a lot better. I thought we were going to see Brock versus Cena at two, in SummerSlam 2014, but Jay got a lot in. It was like, Right, I was going to say, they made the match about them. They, did, they, they, right, they right, showcased right. each other, and I think they, like they, they, they made the match where they can show each, each other, show each other off. Like, this is not no regular match. Like, right. yeah, this is a Uso, but this is a Uso by himself. Yeah. And let me show, let him showcase what he can do without his little, without the brother there, not little brother, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Don't let me do it against my cousin and we're going to do this and we're going to showcase each other. But it was like Roman was disrespecting him. Roman was too yeah. overconfident in that right. late his comeback. It let me, I wanted my opinion of how amazing the story was to really stand out and not really judge it based on the match itself. Because we judge a lot of things on matches, and the like, I wanted to hammer down how amazing this story was. This was the damnedest story I've seen in the wrestling ring. I don't care what company I've seen in forever. Like I haven't seen something that had me literally glued to my screen. Like, yo, is he gonna? Is he actually gonna stop? Like, he's right. doing this to his own fucking family. Yeah. Like he and and, and you could and just the, and. and, and Jimmy's reaction just made it so, so much, much better. Like, oh, he's like, is this what you want? It, it, like, you got yeah. it. Oh, you the tribal chief. You the king. Like, yo, you happy now? Like, you you good? <laughs> like, like the emotion I haven't seen in years. Like that. That was like, oh shit, my mind is fucking blown. So it literally to me, grand clash of champions in a nutshell. If to put it in it, to me, grand opening, grand closing. Absolutely. Yes, that literally 
what you have for Clash of Champions because everything in the middle was trash to me. Yeah, that's what. That's why I agree with what you said that no one's going to remember that though. No one's going to remember mm-hmm. the the middle. They're only going to remember that we had a hot opening and the and a hot closing. The last yes. thing we'll say about um this main event matchup is like you said. Jimmy Uso added so much to this, but also Paul Heyman. When Paul Heyman, when Roman kept asking for him to say the tribal chief, Paul Heyman was just like, you're my tribal chief. And he's like, no, it's not good enough. I need him to say it. That was just, I was like, oh, this is great. There's everything about this is so great. And mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. suggest if you guys haven't watched, go to WWE Network, watch Chronicles with Jay Uso. Add so much to what we saw on Sunday because really? they talk about they talk about them growing up and Roman training to be a wrestler and how they used to talk about wrestling on the porch and it was all about going from the porch to the pay per view. It added so much about mm. Uso's journey. Him talking to Jimmy about the opportunity. You see Big E backstage being like, "Yo, it's your time. It's your time." So it made he made him such a big underdog going into this match. It added an extra layer that made it even great. That's okay. So, yeah. Watch that now. And Roman, I don't. And I don't care how I sound. Like I, if, if my woman cheated on me with Roman in front of my face, I wouldn't even be mad. Roman, the, <laughs> the Roman, present, the presentation of Roman just made you ask, why the hell have they had him wearing a shirt and a vest for five years? But this is probably the best shape he's been in in his life. Like that, you could see it. Like he yep. is chiseled. But he's always he's always been in good shape, so it's yeah. like right. he, they should have been took this vest off of him. Man, if my my girl cheats on me with him, like I can't even be mad. <laughs> like JJ said, it was grand opening as well as we kicked off the show with Sami Zayn defeating Hardy and AJ. I got it right in an insane ladder match. Some I unique. I must have marked the hell out when I seen him do that. I was like, yeah. No, so so good. Great match. I mean, incredible match. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this one was so, Yo, so good. All that, all that core base just came out. <laughs> this was one of the more unique and inventive, innovative ladder yes. matches in quite some time. Sami Zayn got the victory after pulling out two pairs of handcuffs and handcuffing Jeff Hardy's earlobe to one ladder and then handcuffing AJ Styles to another. Chrissy Love, I and these these are happy. Right. These are these guys are not spring chickens, first of all. Let's just say that. They are in great shape. They're men of certain ages, and they gave us a hell of a match. And I thought, again, another story told that was well put. Sami Zayn coming out with the hand. It it was all put together so good. Because at points I thought, okay, maybe he's not gonna win. Maybe it's gonna be AJ. Like it, it gave different like points of this the whole match. And I thought it was like a great opener. And, and unfortunately, like whatever came behind it had to like come behind it and you know, whatever. I don't even remember what was afterwards. It's like you, I remember what happened at the beginning and the end and it was a, a hell of a match. And I'm so happy that Sami Zayn won. He needs better green gear though. It's just trash. But anyhow, go ahead, friend. Well, he, he is, he is a, a, a traveler. He's a world traveler. So he looks like yeah. he's on a, on a journey with that. <laughs> Um, we also had Drew McIntyre defeat Randy Orton with the hope, with the help of the ghost of Orton's past in a ambulance match. Good match, but 
I gotta ask you, Top Guy JJ, what a baby face Drew McIntyre having four other people help him defeat the the hero, Randy <laughs> Orton. I fucking loved it. Like I, I kind of loved it because it was like, yo, you're 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 making everybody get their payback. Like it was so bad, it was funny. Like it was right. Like yo, sometimes it's good to get some comedic shit in the, Like yo, to see all of that shit, yo, literally. Literally, everybody that he's taken out in his past, everyone he's taken out, literally made their appearances back. Like, it was like, yo, it was like, I literally described it as Super Mario and friends coming back <laughs> to get their revenge. Like, it was so crazy. Like, it was like, I was like, oh my God, I'm watching an episode of Mario Brothers and Randy Orton is fucking Bowser. Like, like everybody came and took out Bowser. Like, you had Luigi, you had Toad, you had fucking Yoshi, and you had Princess. I call Ric Flair not seeing Princess because he was the one, he was the driver. <laughs> but everybody got their little nugget shots. Everybody got their little nugget shots. And then fucking Super Mario came through with the boot. I was like, this shit is like, this is like video game shit. And then <laughs> followed up the next time. Like, it made Randy Orton still look super strong. Yeah. Love mm-hmm. how it made him keep him in this picture because he doesn't deserve to be out of it. And it showed literally the next disastrous night on Raw. We will talk about Monday Night Raw shortly. The final note from Clash of Champions is, of course, Sasha Banks returned and attacked Bailey following Bailey's DQ loss to Asuka in the SmackDown Women's Championship matchup. Um, we will talk about the reason why Asuka versus Bailey shortly as well. But we got to move okay, on. Okay, yeah, talk guys. about that. Okay. Great. We got to move on to G1, G1 Climax nights 5 through 8 was over the week. We previewed that on True Hill Heat 93. On night 5, we had Switchblade, King Switch, Jay White defeat Okada. We had Shingo and Osprey in one of the matches of the tournament contender. We had Abushi defeat Ishii in a hard-hitting affair. Kenta defeated Zack Sabre Jr., Yano defeated Evil, and Tanahashi defeated Juice, and Naito defeated Goto on night six. Over on night seven, back in the in the E block, we had Bushi defeat uh, Jeff Cobb. We had Osprey defeat Jay White in Jay White's first loss of the G1. And we had Ishii versus Shingo in a hard-hitting affair. And then um, before we filmed this, we had night eight of the G1 Climax with Sonata defeating Sensuyo Naito for Naito's first loss in the G1 so far. Sonata defeating the leader of LIJ, Chrissy Love. Everyone loves your opinion on the G1 Climax. And Why? <laughs> just going by the comment section. People people are happy that you are you are getting involved. Watching in, it? Oh, yes. okay. So That's what, wonderful. Okay. What stood, cool. What stood out from you, for you from nights five through eight? Okay, can I just say, so, um, what's his name? He looks like he's a, he should be like in a boy band. Um, what's his name? Oh, dang it. He got he wear blue shorts and they like really really skimpy but he got an impeccable looking body. Uh, Abushi. He got like a Abushi. Abushi look like he need to be in like in sync like back in like early two thousands like he has that look. But then he like wrestles his ass. I really really enjoyed that match that he had. I thought he was gonna lose, but Which it was one? great. With Ishii. Uh, yes. That was that was actually that was a great one. That hurt um, me to watch sometimes some of those hits. Because, because Ishii's whole style is he doesn't sell 
until he does and the crowd just pops every single time he finally sells it's like it takes it takes it, he's like he's like the boss in video games where you hit him so many times and they don't budge and then you find right okay him, and then the bar lowers and then the bar <laughs> that, that's how tell me wrestles and it's fantastic yes so that's what I said. I was like, I'm, I'm like, I got a little. I was like, hey, is he going to win? I was like, it, it was so the so, the bumps and the spots and that. I was like, and then of course the commentators don't make it any better because it's like because <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they're saying. <laughs> but it was good. And then the other match, which was, uh, who who I said looked like Bay? Was that Jay White? Oh, you said look like Bay. <laughs> no, Bane, Bane, Bane. Who did I say look like Bane? I don't. I I thought that was uh, from. He's in the, um. <laughs> no, no, no. Last week on, on the last episode, I said he looked like Bane with his long. He looked like a younger version of Bane. Anywho. Oh, um, Tom Hardy. Yeah, you said Jay. Yes. Yes. Jay White. White. Okay, so Jay White and and Will Offspray. Wow. Yes. Wow. First of all, I was like, oh, I don't see. It's, not, it's just two. It's two white boys going to each other. Well, even though one is a Brit, but anywho, I was like, no, no one, you know, from a, you know, that's Japanese, you know, going against me. But what a match. Oh, my God. Loved it. Those were my favorite two matches. Everything else was cool. It was all right. But those were my favorite two. Of them. You see why I was so excited for that match when he named that shit? I was yes. like, ooh. <laughs> ooh, this one's going to be good. Yeah, this good one was good. And I was like, I, and I, didn't, I, was like I, I really thought, you know, Jay, I mean, he, I thought uh, um, Jay White was going to win. But shit, Offspray was like, nope. I really loved that match because Jay White really <laughs> stepped up. He stepped yes. up in that match because he just everything he was doing was so smooth. It was so crisp. He was going move for move with Osprey, who's like the fastest wrestler in the world. Like he just everything he moved, he did right. was just amazing in the ring. Regardless of how you feel about him outside the ring, this man can deliver every single time. I loved him versus Shingo. Him versus Shingo was yeah, that was a good one too. Yes. That was my match of the tournament so far. Really? That was, um, okay. Yes, that was amazing. Some of those sequences, how fast they just avoided each other's strikes and the reversals and the counters was ridiculous in that match. I loved it. Loved every minute of it. Uh, Top Guy JJ, what stood out for you this week? Uh, I think um, I think Chrissy hit it for me. I was looking forward to it since the last episode. I was Once I heard Jay White and Osprey on that card, I was like, I need in on this match. And what the match that really, really took me by amazing surprise. And again, I'll cop to it on this episode here. Zack Sabre Jr. and Kenta to me was really fucking good. Mm, like that that was a good one. Yes, really you're right. You're right. Like, they, they really went at it. Like that shit was really good. I also did like, you know, I'm a, I'm a little partial. I did like the Jeff Cobb and an Ibushi match. Yeah. You know, I know I call I I got for some reason Jeff Cobb doesn't win big matches. But Yeah, like, I'm about to say they shit it on Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb didn't win like not yeah, he lost like probably I was like, yeah, he ain't gonna win the big matches. Like he he wins the meaningless shits and then once he gets yeah. a big match, he won't fucking win it. I but said it I said the same thing. I was like they really they good show that. and like and and the first main oh my god, like I was catching a brain fart because it was so hard hitting. The main event with Naito in it. Uh, Naito and Goto. Oh, wait, I don't know. It wasn't Goto. Uh, well, the other Goto. one, the other one this week was Naito. Oh, he won. When that Naito one? Yeah. Goto. Oh, that fuck it. That, because I'm literally just, because I'm going back and forth and all I just, he is, he, he is hits. These motherfuckers is just like killing each other and shit. And, and, and then, 
once he whipped out that first Destino, I was like, oh, shit. All right, I, I'm stuck on here now. I'm stuck on this shit. It was a fantastic couple of days. Like, it was a really good couple of days. A lot of solid matches on there. And I'm sorry, this fucking Suzuki's a fucking psycho. Like, he, he, get, <laughs> like, well, he, got- he, like, he literally wins matches and doesn't give a fuck. Like, he, he, just, he just moves on. Like, he just puts you asleep and he fucking drops you on your head and then you're fucking done. Like, is that the one that we're all white? He has like a whole full suit on. No, that's Naito. How the fuck did Yano be evil? Because Yano. How did Okada lose? Oh, because Yano is the sublime thief. He's been awesome in this G1. He he finally lost today against uh, Juice Robinson before we fell. Oh, Juice won something? Juice, Juice. Juice was the one that finally broke Yano's streak. Yano was three and zero, and then Juice he he tried to cheat against Juice by tying by taping his feet together and leaving him on the outside. So Juice oh had to goodness. hop hop on both feet to the ring. <laughs> he got in the ring. He did a full Nelson and untaped himself. And then Yano tried to low blow him, but Juice reversed it and cradled him up for the win. Yano's been awesome because Yano matches you know are only going to be about six minutes or less in in length, but you know you're going to laugh at least once or twice. That's what I love. I love and I love that evil match. I love that evil match so much because there was like six low blows in about four minutes. Yes. Of- <laughs> like, it, it, it was, I was like, was the ref not was like what like what's wrong with the referee? I was like, what is happening here? I was yep. very surprised Okada did lose though. I, w- I was surprised Okada lost to uh, Jay White, but in the Taishi match, which he uh, did win, he showed a little bit of fire. So yeah. uh, we're getting the Okada of old because the, this lately Okada with the, not doing the Rainmaker and doing the Copa Clutch, as he calls it, the money clip, which is a great name, but the, the move is just... Uh, I'm uh. glad that you brought that up because it, it literally felt like as you, I think you pointed this out literally just a few moments ago. It literally felt like Okada was fighting the boss. Yeah. It literally felt like, cause yo, yo, Ishii wasn't selling shit. <laughs> Everything Okada was hitting him with. Well, no, no, no. You, Okada versus uh, Jay White on uh, the the first show. The one I'm talking about is Okada. I missed, I missed this match. This one you're talking about. I missed that match. Oh, okay. I no, missed no, that no, you, the, match. The Okada won. You know, that was against Taishi. The, Aishi, yeah. the Ishii one is the one with Ishii and uh, Ibushi, where Ishii was play- was basically thank, like thank the, the boss, the okay. video game boss. <laughs> these names, I'm, I'm, gonna get, I'm, like, I'm fucking shitty with these names sometimes. This is so, what I'm here for. <laughs> so does Homeboy always wear a full suit to the ring and then drags his two belts? Only, only for the big matches, which every G one climax match is a big match. He only he wears the full suit. If he's in like a tag team match, he doesn't even take off his shirt. <laughs> Got it. Okay, because I was I don't recall him wearing that the that um full length suit like that before. But anywho, you know that's that's Tensei Naito. He gets dressed for the occasion. All right. So we got to move on to Warrior Wrestling Stadium Series Night 3. Uh, we had a big title change as Trey Miguel of the Rascals pulled out the upset, defeating Brian Pillman Jr. and Brian Cage in a three-way match to become the new Warrior Wrestling Champion. Joey Janela defeated Robert Eagle Anthony with Frank the Clown in a no-disqualification match. Kylie Ray defeated Madison Rain in Rain's final independent match to successfully defend the Warrior Wrestling Women's title. So plenty of action. Definitely go out of your way to order 
Warrior Wrestling Stadium Series Night 3 and Night 2 and Night 1. If you haven't watched it already, it's available on Fight TV On Demand. SmackDown, we had the go-home show to Clash of Champions with Roman Reigns and Jey Uso stealing the show in the final segment with Uso with the promo of the year saying to Roman that when they look at you, they say they see the big dog. They see the universal champion. You know what they say when they see me, dog? Which one are you? That promo was awesome. Yeah, which 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 one are you? Which which one are you? <laughs> shit, I was even saying that shit for for years. <laughs> shit, like, I'm like, I don't even fucking know which one I'm looking at, Jimmy or Jay. I just know that Jimmy and Jay. I just can't separate them. Pretty much. And then the other note from uh, SmackDown that I have here is Alexa Bliss once again snapping and attacking Lacey Evans and then a tease as Alexa looked at Roman and the Universal title, teasing mm. Fiend versus Roman coming up. Chrissy Love, what's been your thoughts about the whole Alexa Bliss Fiend storyline so far? I like it. Um, I'm, I'm loving that they haven't even brought the Fiend anywhere in sight yet. Like, let's, like, let's see what's happening to, uh, to Alexa. Let's see why she keeps snapping when everyone says the Fiend. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, hopefully they don't mess it up. But it's good, it's good shit so far. Such good shit. <laughs> uh, over on Monday Night Raw, as Top Guy brought up Ooh. before, Ooh. Randy, Ooh. Randy Orton pulls a splinter cell with Night Vision goggles, attacking the Legends Lounge in darkness. Um, Top the only Guy best Brady. thing on that show that day. Top Guy JJ, what was your thoughts on the the memeable entrance of Randy Orton into the Legends Lounge with the Splinter Cell Night Vision goggles? Um, I I played this video game back in for PlayStation One called Siphon Filter, and I I literally saw it as this funny looking guy in a in a janitor suit going to infiltrate this little this little little room. Not infiltrate. <laughs> Basically, he 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 went in disguise. He had <laughs> had a janitor suit on. He had a hoodie on, so he went in under. He went in undetected until he went in there and just surprise put on put on put on the the Ghostbuster glasses. Put on those infrared. Put on those night vision goggles. Hit the lights. Washed everybody in the room, and then puts his hoodie on. Puts his hoodie on, and then ends the show. Oh no no no! He he shows them what ha- what where he shows the people to go into the room and then leaves. Oh, he's pointing. He's pointing. Yeah, he pointed. Yeah, he po- he's like pointing with his head down, like go oh, help, like help them. Go help them. Yes, they need your help. The old guys need help. The old, <laughs> guys, the old guys need help, and then he walks up the show and raw ends. It's like it's so bad, it's funny. It's so bad, it's funny. It's like, but the only thing that I got out of it is that I love that they're keeping Randy Orton strong. Because now this is going to culminate in Hell in a Cell, which Randy Orton will finally win his championship and get Drew McIntyre out of this title picture, which is something that is relieving because he's had a great run. But Randy Orton has got to get rewarded for an amazing 2020 with at least one title run. Eventually. like I agree with you. Drew McIntyre continued his dominant run as WWE champion when he had an open challenge on Raw in the main event, Robert Roode was the one who answered the challenge, returning to Monday Night Raw in a well, no one helped with Zoff. Well, 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 you know, they had to they had to explain him getting the shot. So 
I'll, I'll accept it. It made more sense than the other segment from Monday Night Raw we got to talk about, which was Leah texting Murphy and helped uh, helped <laughs> helped Murphy defeat her brother Dominic Mysterio after the Mysterio family was on the King's Court, and they talked about the whole of all shows to have on the show. They have him on a King's Court. Wow! They had, they had to talk about the relationship between 19-year-old Leah Mysterio and 31-year-old Murphy. What are your thoughts on this convoluted storyline, Miss Chrissy Love? Once, first of all, once I seen the family come out and they started talking, I actually, I immediately had to change the channel because I was like, I, I cannot, I will not, I will not be a part of foolishness that is right now. First, you, first mistake, you put them on a King's Court with Jerry the King Lola. That was your first mistake right there. Second mistake, you had the mom and daughter come out. Mom is just standing there. She don't say nothing. She's just like, but what? What? Mijo, no, no. If he say me, if, if, if I have to hear Ray Mysterio say Mijo, one more fucking time, I'm gonna lose my shit because this shit. Like I'm gonna drink with um, what's what um, what's the what, drunk guy JJ? He was drinking some fucking syrup. Whatever he had to, he had to because that every segment was horrible. That shit was. Want, yo, the shit was sticking to the cup. I was like, what the fuck is that? That's the only way you could tolerate roars by drinking that shit. Whatever that was. Get it's to the point game. now, like I don't even want to. I don't even want to watch Murphy and Dominic fight. Like I'm tired of seeing them fight. Like and then Homegirl came out. I'm like, what in the? And mind you, I had it muted. I had it on the side. I'm just gonna watch the the, the football game. Well, no, it was a basketball game on that night. I was like, I just, I'm not, I, I'm not gonna subject myself and watch. And I had to watch football because it's like. I can't keep watching this stuff. Like, this is hard. Like, this is bad. This is, is, is beyond bad. Now, if you can please tell me what's the dynamics to the storyline, I, I will wait. But other than this, like, I feel bad for Murphy because Murphy's a great wrestler. He got to do all, like, why do I keep fighting Dominic for? I mean, the bright side here is that the Murphy-Seth Rollins matchups will be great. I, I'm pretty sure... If they just give them a match, that will be great. But the storyline, uh, it's cringing. It is cringing. Whole scenario. The only positive of this whole scenario is that it is finally given Murphy programs. Yes, that's, that's the, the only thing. Positive out of this. Other than that, it would have literally. I would have turned the question right over. To either one of you and be like so uh what is the end game out of this story right so is, is, is she gonna like marry buddy murphy no oh, well murphy excuse me Aaliyah? I mean, is Aaliyah gonna be like his girlfriend now like, really this is supposed to be like their take on romeo and juliet i guess and Aaliyah, you know we had Aaliyah slap dominic um Aaliyah was good the first week this week was just like her on a mic, she can't talk. No. I'm sorry. Miho, no. No, sweetheart. How dare you, SP, start off the show with such high notes, with such amazing wrestling, and then we got to fucking talk about Raw? <laughs> <laughs> I just go through what we missed. Um, we also missed on Raw Ali return to Monday Night Raw, defeating Hurt Business along with Ricochet and Apollo Crews. 
And then over on NXT UK, we had Kaylee Ray defeat Piper Nevin despite an injured knee to successfully defend the NXT UK Women's Championship. Walter had his first matchup in six months, getting a victory as well. On NWA UWN Primetime Live, we had Trevor Murdoch defeat Aaron Stevens to become the new NWA National Champion, as well as Allison Kay defeat Nicole Savoy. And then finally, we had Impact Wrestling with The North defeating Ace Austin and Madman Fulton and Good Brothers defeating the Rascals to set up a fatal four-way tag team title match at Bound for Glory between Ace Austin and Fulton, the North, the Good Brothers, and the Motor City Machine Guns, which I am sure is going to be a great match. Also, we had um, Impact and Access TV announce the Impact Week, which will be a whole lead-up to Bound for Glory in a few weeks' time. It's going to have specials like Talk and Shop on um, Access TV, so that's going to be really cool. We had Ken Shamrock return this week on Impact Wrestling, and he revealed that he attacked Eddie Edwards last week under the influence of Sam Sam Callahan. Ken Shamrock is going to be on two Bound for Glories in a row? Yes, he is. What the fuck? And he's healed. He's healed now. Yo, I swear I'm loving Impact, yo. I'm loving what I'm hearing out of Impact. But Ken, yo, stop with this Ken Shamrock shit. He's healed now, though. All right, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Hey, we'll have, we'll have, <laughs> we'll have, we will have more news on Ken Shamrock shortly when we get to the, yeah. to the news portion. But speaking of the news portion, <laughs> his face, you to talk about the top My face hurt. <laughs> you see his performance last year? <laughs> and then now you're going to add a year oh. to his body? Like, oh. come on, bro. Like, stop it. He, he didn't. Just stop. He didn't get that chair, so we're okay. But uh, they keep letting Rob Van Dam fight, so what's the difference? We'll, we'll have news on that as well. Um, but the top news, the top news is Harold May is out as New Japan president. Prior to night six of the G1 Climax 30, New Japan Pro Wrestling announced that president and CEO of the company, Harold Maid, uh, resigned. This I was about to say, did he, step, did he get fired like Doc Rivers? No, he didn't get fired. Okay, like he Doc, has stepped in. Okay, Rivers. <laughs> This comes off the heels of him having a meeting with the board of directors from Gucci Road, their parent company. Um, Wrestling Observer Radio was one of the first places to break this news, and according to Dave Meltzer, May's major goal was to get New Japan Pro Wrestling up to $100 million in revenue by the end of 2020, which would have been impossible for the promotion to reach without a major American broadcast TV deal. Previously, right. New Japan Pro Wrestling had a broadcast TV deal in the U.S. with Access TV. However, that was way gone after Impact Wrestling parent company Anthem Entertainment purchased Access TV last year. And other promotions such as um, WOW were phased off of the network. Of course, uh, obtaining a new TV deal in the U.S. would have been difficult after losing big stars like Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, and the Young Bucks. According to Fightful Select, the wrestlers in New Japan were also skeptical of May's plans for the company. One longtime star said that they never completely bought into May's plan, and they had hoped that he would be more proactive in cultivating relationships around. 
Um, another said that they would have needed more time due to, due to the pandemic for his goals to be achieved. And they added that they hadn't seen it happening even in the months before after Maid had already been in charge for two years since May of 2018. The current CEO of New Japan Pro Wrestling of America, Takahami Obari, will be replacing Harold Maid as president and CEO. What are you guys' thoughts on Harold Maid stepping down from his position? And what do you think is the future for New Japan? We'll start with you, Top Guy JJ. Um, so I think I'm going to just kind of retort that with a question. So is there a contingency plan in place for his step down? Is there somebody that's going to step into that role that he might have been mentoring maybe so this is another section of Takai jj did not listen to a word i no, just said because i ended i literally i literally ended that whole thing with the current ceo of new japan pro wrestling of america takamimi obari will be replacing him as president that was my final sentence about that whole thing person that has ended a mentorship Huh? Is that the person that has been under like the mentorship, like the direct mentorship? He is the current CEO of New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. That means that he's been in that position prior to getting this position. Listen, when it comes to these head people, I don't know who the fuck they are. <laughs> so so I, I don't know who they are. So it's like, yo, you telling anybody across Japan, like, yo, Vince McMahon is stepping down and then whoever Kevin Dunn is about to take over or some shit, like, I don't know who the fuck these people are, so I'm asking these questions. I'm curious, shit. I ain't afraid but, to not but, know who they are. But I read that name, I'm like, who the hell is that? I don't know who he is. But you literally just said Kevin Dunn is replacing him. Yeah, he may not know him, but you should, You wouldn't be asking, so who's replacing him if you just said Kevin Dunn is replacing him? <laughs> That's the American side. I don't know anything about that side. Okay, so... Can, okay, so... He, he resigned because he didn't do his job. He didn't get the job done. Is that what happened? From, what, from what's been reported is that he had a goal for the $100 million in revenue, which would have not been possible due to this whole pandemic. And right. So why step down? You, it's not your fault. We had a whole, like, we're still going through it. I think that he didn't have, from what, from what has been reported, he didn't have the belief within the company that he would be able to achieve it, even if there wasn't a global pandemic, because he's already been in power for over two years. So I think Got that it. he basically stepped down because his goal was unachievable, whether there was a pandemic or not. That, that's just weird. Like, I mean, to step down during a year like this, and New Japan is actually one of the frontline people to actually get fans back in the stand. They got fans back in their shows. It looks safe. They're doing the right thing. So they can't, they can't talk, so they have to clap, right? Is that what that meant? Yes. That's no. why they was clapping? They, they, got they're, it. They're, like the, they're doing things. They're, they're doing things well. I don't know if, it's, if they're not selling merch or if they're not, selling enough, if they're not having enough revenue being brought in, but it just... It just kind of feels weird. It just, this whole thing just feels weird when people step down from prime positions like that, when it's literally out of their control, not during 2020, like. So yeah, that just keeps on giving. Resign then, when, when shit is a little bit more normal, when you might get a projection and some real forecast, but right now, to do that now, it's just mind-boggling. It's, it's really just confusing to me because it's like you're, you're kind of taking accountability for something that you don't really have control of. 
Well, I think it's more or less because he was brought in. He's the first non-Japanese guy to kind of be the head of the promotion. And, you know, three years ago when New Japan really got a buzz here in the United States, um, you know, you would think that they would be cultivating and going more into the United States, that by now they would have a major U.S., you know, broadcast partner. And Harold Mays has never been really focused on that. He's never been about spreading the wealth throughout, you know, the United States. And I feel like he never really properly responded to losing the members of the elite two years ago because they, they left, well, a year and a half ago now. But, you know, they haven't really established that many stars to kind of replace them. They have a Will Ospreay, they have a Jay White, but after that, when it comes to Gaijin stars, they really haven't got those stars in place. So he's never been focused on that. He's never been important about that. And I think that Takanami Obari, who's you know already been trying to build it up in the United States, is probably going to be the better person for that position. He's a Japanese guy, so a Japanese guy is back in control of the promotion, but he's also fluent in English. So he, I think he's the bridge that can kind of make it better than Harold Maiden. I just don't think it's a dynamic for that type of dialogue to even be taking place right now, honestly, because... Even if they, because remember, I think this is a while, a bunch of True Hill Heats ago, we were talking about New Japan doing a lot of shows here in the States. If they do a lot of shows here in the States, that that number was going to increase drastically. And I wasn't even uh, that big of a fan of it because I was like, that's too many shows. I would still stand by that now, especially even more so now, because if they try to expand their fanship to over here, they're going to end up losing money because they're going to try to rent buildings that they can't put no one in. Mm. So it, it's too it's it's too difficult right now. Like they're actually able to make something over there. They wouldn't make shit over here because they can't put nobody in their buildings. It's too well, difficult. I wasn't even saying talking about you know making more U.S. dates. I'm talking about U.S. stars, and that's why you know them signing guys like Jeff Cobb is very important. Them yeah. furthering the push for Will Osprey, Jay White. Yeah, like those guys were restricted for God knows how. They were restricted yeah. for so long. So it's like you got to meet the restrictions. You got to like if they travel somewhere, like if they went to anywhere outside of Japan. Now they have to essentially run shows in that state for two weeks. Then they have to come back there and then run. Like it, it, the dynamic is just way too hard. It's way too hard. There's too many gray areas. And I just think that this is the wrong time for anybody to, to step down or take accountability for something that you're really not in control of. You don't control the states. You don't control the finances or the allowance of what each of these states, if you would have tried to expand your fanship anywhere. Like, all right, you're bringing, you're, you're signing American stars. Great. We can't fucking see them. <laughs> well, it's a, I think it's more about trying to sign those American stars and then translate that into a broadcast U.S. deal, which AEW has kind of set it all in place by being successful even during the pandemic. Like, we'll talk about a little bit how the executives for Warner Media have already been praising AEW for how they've adapted throughout yeah, these FPA crazy circumstances. They're an American-based company. They have pure, they have 90% of their roster, 95% of their roster is American-bred talent. Like, it's so much, and then the the mega stars that you just talked about that deported from there are at the brand that we're watching. So it was an easy transition for us to be able to adapt to that, and you're trying to now, like, AEW can't expand. They're not going to try to expand. They're not stupid. They're staying put. 
They can't go nowhere. They really can't go nowhere. So they have a place where they can actually allow 10% of people to come in there. No, but you're not understanding what I'm saying is the success of AEW will lead to other other networks wanting professional wrestling because AEW has been successful. The AEW is a taken commodity. Warner Media has AEW, but because of their success in professional wrestling, because of WWE's success on television, other networks will want professional wrestling. And New Japan Pro Wrestling is the top promotion that doesn't have a U.S. deal. So I think that their success can translate to success for New Japan Pro Wrestling. No, I and totally understand that. But now when you're talking about bringing the new, trying to get New Japan to get an American-based audience, we've seen all of these guys in AEW. There's a different connection for us when it comes to seeing Japan stars and U.S. stars. We connected with all of these guys because we've seen them all. We haven't seen these guys in from New Japan maybe what once or twice except for on a TV screen. So to, to that's die- the whole point. I'm not talking about them coming to a show. I'm talking about watching them on TV. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. That, but but seeing them in person generates interest for us to see them on TV. Like, it created there's something there that when you actually the one thing the one thing that i hear from most new japan fans here in the united states is they don't watch new japan because it's not easily accessible they don't want to spend the ten dollars a month to get new japan world and when it was on access tv they got a lot of eyes on the promotion that's how kenny kenny omega became well known here in the united states and made people want to go out and see him when he was live here so it's all about that transition we got to move on more on the effects of the virus on WWE programming. Oh um, my God. <laughs> following the latest outbreak of the virus as, that we discussed on True Hill Heat 93. You have like an on staff person to get these, these <laughs> things. Like, I don't understand this. Like, hey, like happened once. Okay, fine. Twice. This is like the, the this is like our third, fourth time talking about him f- fucking this shit up. No, no, no. We're talking about the outbreak that we spoke about on True Hill Heat 93. The oh, okay. The I'm sorry. Outcome. I'm, I'm so sorry. My bad. I, uh, you, I was about to go in. Like, I was about to say, I, I what? Tell. The latest out, uh, outcome from this was some talent being held off of SmackDown, Clash of Champions, and Monday Night Raw this past week. Nikki Cross was pilled from SmackDown and Clash of Champions due to coming in contact with someone with the virus, most likely her husband, Killian Dane, who was not on NXT this week. Uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champion Shayna Baszler. And oh, Knight really? What? Husband is Killian Dane? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Go ahead, Nikki. Like there's interesting nuggets that we don't know. Like everybody you knows that, but people don't know shit like that. Right. Okay, boo. Okay, continue. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. WWE Women's Tag Team Champion Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax were also pulled from the Clash of Champions pay-per-view as well. Those two Shane is expected. No, no, no. That was just that was just that was that was that was a ruse. That was them trolling each other on on Twitter. Those two did confirm that they were both healthy and not sick. All of the five major members of Retribution by Nye, by the way. Huh? <laughs> I love that message by Nye. She's how a partner is expected. I love it. <laughs> well, well, it ain't it's, shit, yo. It's Gina Baszler, so that was yeah. I, I wasn't believing that. Um, I about to say she doesn't look like she's the one that's gonna carry the baby now. But anywho. 
all of the five major members all of the five major members of retribution were also pulled from the clash of champions and raw due to being in contact with the extra members of retribution who were from nxt all five members have been confirmed tested negative for the virus Everyone pulled from the shows will be doing a two-week quarantine due to, to reduce the spread of the outbreak. And Raw Underground was also pulled from uh, Raw this week completely due to members of NXT being used for the matches and in the crowd. So what are your guys' thoughts on the virus once again affecting WWE television? Miss Chrissy Love? I, I, I don't understand why we have this huge company and we don't have these people being tested every day i don't understand why we can't have on staff you got all these people that you employ but we can't get covid tests done on a regular for these people i don't i don't mm-hmm. understand they do they do that now they do test it but there was apparently a coach in nxt who spread it that's what we talked about on true hill heat 93 he spread it don't try to save them sp it's fine don't I worry i know your your mm-hmm. wife is you know she's got plugs in the company no, no, it's no. fine i That's get all of that is cool however in, stop in making excuses words, for foolishness for bullshit in the words of our good friend romeo anthony cologne i just report the news that's all okay I well then, all right well then they report the news i still call bullshit when i see bullshit go ahead friend <laughs> chain gang shout out to tia i love her <laughs> do you believe that missing the next two weeks of TV will affect the future of the retribution angle and more importantly raw there is no angle for retribution it's all trash like no one like I'm happy they weren't even on there to be honest they had they got guess what they got contracts and they got they got benched like every other person that got a contract at WWE benched <laughs> they, you know what they like RJ Smith they're gonna be that's his name right he gonna win a championship for doing nothing you're gonna be on the the, the, the big team. That that's 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 you know who I'm talking about. They are Smith. You know who I'm talking about. You are the poison of True Hill Heat. <laughs> you are doing this of greed and not for the love of the company. Of all the poison from True Hill Heat. Starting with you, Stop! Man. Stop! My face hurts. Stop! <laughs> <laughs> and, and poor SP, he can't even laugh because the kids are asleep. Poor thing over there, he's got to hold it in. And this message was approved by <laughs> Kimar. <laughs> and and Slapnucks, whatever that person name is. Slapnucks in face. I was, I was, and Chrissy, I was asking JJ this. What do you think? <laughs> it's going to affect uh, the retribution angle. And there is no angle. <laughs> I hope this makes them realize that retribution is ruining Monday Night Raw. <laughs> like, hey, they're awesome on Twitter. They're awesome on Twitter. Are they really? Yes, they are. Who's the Twitter handler? Who's, who's in control T- of them? T-Bar. What they're awesome on, they make their appearances, seven of them, on TV and ruins my entire interest. I literally saw two segments of Raw and did not care that I missed the rest of the three hours because I was afraid I was going to see fucking Retribution on there. With the half Bane mask. Retribution is the worst thing on TV on 
any wrestling show. They might as well Hello. Any wrestling show. This is worse Can than you hear any, me? worse than anything on AEW Dark. Worse than anything on Power. Worse than anything on TNA or Impact or whatever the fuck you want to call them. Worse this is worse than Shamrock. Than and they're not even back yet. Worse than Ken Shamrock. Yes, this is worse than Ken Shamrock. <laughs> Retribution <laughs> is the worst thing on television, and it's not even fucking close. I can't even laugh at them. They're so fucking bad. Hey, all I all I can tell you is that if they let T Bar's Twitter game on television, it would be the best thing in WWE right now. I'm, I'm gonna clap. go look at it as soon as we get off this podcast. If you if it's so good, I'm gonna go Chris, find out. Chris Jericho criticized Retribution, and he clapped back at Jericho and said "huh," and then had the post about uh, Jericho having the Fozzie concert at Sturgis that had 250 thousand people test positive for the virus. Then no, then no. Eric Eric. Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff criticized the retribution angle, calling it stupid, and he clapped back at him, and he says, Eric Bischoff, we hope to be like you one day, being able to destroy a multi-million dollar company with the ease, <laughs> with ease. Wow. T-Boy's clap back game is, is, is impeccable. It's immaculate. So okay. hopefully we get some of that on TV. Clap back. So clap back to promos on Raw and not, not, not make your own segments. Hey, he can't, yeah. write it. he can't write it for Raw. He can write it on Twitter. All right. So it is time for a lot of your guys' favorite time of the week. This is where we talk about the Wednesday Night Wars for AEW and WWE NXT. We give you the ratings for each show. We tell you what happened. And then we let you know what we thought was the better show for the week. If you don't like our opinion, you can always watch Wednesday Night Warriors with the Good Brothers Chris G, Mary Jane, and Romeo Anthony Cologne, where they break down each segment by segment back to back, and they let you know what was the better show for the week. And you can also vote on that on the True Hills group page. You can vote which show you thought was better for the week. But well, just let us know in the goddamn comments, like the fuck, like we'll 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 give we'll, you know definitely hey, clap back in the comments. We, we, you know? we got we got plenty of people like Kayfabe Tactics that doesn't watch either either show, and he just watches us to find out what we thought was the better show. So. But Top Guy JJ is right. Let us know in the comments what you thought was the better show. Miss Chrissy Love, hit the drums. So for week 48 of the Wednesday Night War, WWE NXT comes in with 732,000 viewers. That is nine and some change. That is up from, from last week. And, w- and AEW Dynamite comes in with 866,000 viewers, which is also up from last week, up against very hard competition with MLB playoffs and the NBA AMA finals, finals yep. and South Park pandemic special. So yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't even start on that. Don't, don't even start on that. That should be a whole nother podcast. I was say, I have it on my DVR. I'm sure it was a hot mess, oh, yo. God. Oh, my God. South Park. A lot, a lot of competition. WWE NXT had the Garganos get the victory in the main event over Damian Priest and Io Shirai to stand Larry tall. Larry Morgan. 
to stand tall over their opponents to end the show. A great Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly face-to-face with HBK, as well as an excellent prime target featuring O'Reilly as the number one contender. We had Adam Cole defeat Austin Theory after Theory talked trash about Kyle O'Reilly, and Shotzi Blackheart defeated Dakota Kai in the opener. Very hard-hitting affair with one of the scariest bumps I've seen in quite some time. AEW Austin Theory can't get no no love. He doesn't deserve any. AEW I mean not, all right, fine. No, wait, go ahead, we, carry on. No, no, no. We've interviewed Austin Theory, so shout out to him, but you know, some of his actions less we talk about. AEW Dynamite had John Moxley defeat the hand-picked opponent of, of Eddie Kingston, the butcher, in the main event to defend the AEW world title. We had FTR defeat SEU to successfully defend the AEW world tag team titles in the brush with greatness 20-minute time limit <laughs> in a great, great TV tag team match. Darby Allen defeated Ricky Starks in a very exciting, well-built opener. We had the Young Bucks Super kick Tony Schiavone to further to further their new attitude. Britt Baker returned and beat Red Velvet. We had MJF and Chris Jericho have another tease of MJF potentially joining the inner circle with Max giving the members of the group Nerds Clothing jackets. Shouts out to our friends at Nerds Clothing. We hope to get our jackets soon. (laughs) He gave everyone a jacket except for Sammy Guevara and an eight man. Eight-man tournament is announced with the finals at full gear featuring Jungle Boy, Ray Phoenix, and Kenny Omega to the surprise of Hangman Page, who spit out his whiskey at the commentary table. So we will start <laughs> with the top guy, JJ, this week. What was the better show for the week for you? You know what? This, again, was another close week. Like, both shows. I think both shows delivered this week. I think both shows were pretty solid. Like, I think that NXT has what I think I've been looking for for weeks now. There was some meat with NXT. There was something in there besides just matches. And and the fact that I think I'm probably going to be biased yet again because when I'm telling you I'm in love with this Kyle O'Reilly story, like, I am fucking, I'm in love with this shit. No matter where it goes, no matter how, how like, I just love the spotlight being on Kyle O'Reilly right now because he's fucking delivering. Um, NXT was good to me. NXT was good this week, and, and, and so was AEW. Uh, if I have to give the slight edge to something, I am probably going to give the slight edge to AEW mm. this because AEW's matches – were like a million times better than NXT's. Mm. Like the best match on NXT to me was the Adam Cole Theory match. Like that shit was really good. But NXT had meat with some, with some pretty okay matches, and and AEW had both. Like they had some fantastic matches. I absolutely love the the Isaiah and Jericho match. Mm. That shit was really good too. AEW just, I felt, delivered their first real complete show in a couple of weeks. And I, I loved it. Like, I love both shows, but I would give the slightest to AEW this week, even though NXT, NXT came through. NXT yeah. put on a damn good show this week, but I'll give the slightest to AEW because, like you said, that 20-minute brush of greatness was fucking amazing. And that main event was so much better than the NXT main event. True. Miss Chrissy Love? Um... 
I have to agree with everything JJ said because both shows were good. Um, they didn't disappoint. Um, but if I have to pick one, I was more engaged in the matches that were happening on AEW where I was still like in the salad, but I needed more sauce for NXT, if that makes sense. Um, so I'm def I'm picking AEW for this week's. I'm going to make it unanimous, and I'm going to go with AEW. I agree with Top Guy JJ. Both shows were really strong this week, but AEW had three really good matches with Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks. I thought that was an exciting opener, a hot way to start the show. Uh, Isaiah Cassidy in in only his second singles match of his entire career. And he was off, and it was Chris Jericho. Yes, he was great pulling out the lion salt and the code breaker against Jericho and Jericho with a great reversal into the Judas effect. Yeah. Can we just say that Ricky Starks is just like he's so young, but also his second match is against so, the greatest Isaiah, Isaiah Cassidy. Yeah, him, that guy. Yeah. Isaiah. It's and, against Chris Jericho. Can't, who, and, like, no one can really put that on their resume. And I'll say it on record right now. This is Jericho's best match since his first match with Orange Cassidy. A lot, a lot of people thought it was better than a lot of the Orange Cassidy Orange match. Cassidy match. I can, I can definitely agree with that. I, I did put on Twitter that Jericho hates people with the last name Cassidy. That's what I got from uh, the gist of that. And uh, <laughs> the best match of the show was definitely SCU versus uh, FTR. That that was just a great tag team match, and it reminded you how great SCU is. And Kazarian. Kazarian may be the most underrated guy in AEW between that match two weeks ago with, Adam, with Hangman Page and this match here where he was really the glue of the matchup. Scorpio Sky was highlighted very well because he's one of the great hot tags in AEW, but Kazarian just holds matches together. And I love the reversal of the old uh, Road Warrior animal reversing the Doomsday device with the running power slam on uh, he was on Cash's shoulders. That was just great. Just great stuff from them. And I, and I love the Jericho MJF stuff. I love, love the, their chemistry. Their chemistry together just make a whole show even better. And they did this week. So I give it to AEW. Yep. Do you want me to do True Hill Heat 95? <laughs> do you want to do True Hill Heat 95? I asked you a question. Answer the damn question. Do you want me to be on True Hill Heat 95? Do you want to do True Hill Heat 95? Chrissy, can you beat a tiebreaker? Do you want me on True Hill Heat 95? <laughs> fucking great. Yes. <laughs> He's not supposed to answer. Let's dickhead, yo. I love them, yo. They're just they're just great together, honestly. WWE news, we move on. According to PW Insider, the plan moving forward is that Adam Cole and Kyle Rowley will be babyfaces on NXT, while Bobby Fish and Roger Strong will be heels. So we will, see, we will see what happens with Undisputed Era after TakeOver 31. Oh my God, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I like, I like that. That's a nice change. It's going to be interesting. I'm WWE, so afraid. I don't know. Oh, my God. Oh my WWE God. also announced... I need a drink. 
WWE also announces that the draft will kick off on WWE uh, SmackDown on October 9th and ends on Raw on October 12th. Triple H confirms on his TakeOver 31 that he is not aware of any plans for NXT talent to be called up. So we will see and we'll have a little preview of the, the WWE draft on next There is no week. NXT um, um, call-up because they're all in retribution. Well, um, there's probably going to be more. Yeah, and, um, and, and, and uh, I guess the Keith Lee one too, you know? Yeah, that one too. Yeah, that, one, that one's so fantastic, you know? He went to a singlet now, you know? It's so bad. Upgrading. Our good friend of the podcast, James Storm, reveals to Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet that he was scheduled to sign with WWE prior to the pandemic. So James Storm could have been in WWE. We could have saw beer money. I would love that. Um, Our tribal chief, your tribal chief, the tribal chief, (laughs) Roman Reigns, shoots on CM Punk, saying that he doesn't like him and doesn't know too many people that do like him. He also implies that Punk's comments in 2014 on the Coca Cabana podcast affected his reception from the fans. Speaking of Roman, he revealed on After the Bell podcast with Corey Graves that he would not be back if more WWE superstars would have stepped up in his time away from the company. He praised Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt, and Drew McIntyre as people who have stepped up, but more new stars needed to if he was going to stay at home. And Wrestling Vote, Wrestle Votes says that the rumored main event for Hell in a Cell on October 25th will be Bailey versus Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. What? Already? Yes. yes Damn. Already. John Cena reveals <sighs> on Jimmy Fallon show. No, they can suck a fat one, yo. Okay. Like, come on, man. Like, you don't waste that shit on a Hell in a Cell fucking pay-per-view that no one is going to remember? And it better be in a Hell in a Cell. Like, yo, we remember Hell in a Cell being fucking main evented by Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Oh, my bad. My, my, my bad. Charlotte, it was it Charlotte and Sasha? Charlotte go. and Sasha. My bad. Yeah. I'm, I apologize. I apologize. He's, he's, over, he's, he's, he's excited. Again? Okay. John Cena confirms <laughs> on the Jimmy Fallon show that his WWE career is not over. And finally, SmackDown drew over 2 million viewers for the Go Home show to the Clash of Champions. Nice. And Raw was up 9 point. The Roman effect. Raw was up 9.5 percent in viewers, averaging 1.822 million viewers up against Monday Night Football. AEW News, Warner Media executives praised Dynamite ahead of their one-year anniversary in a Variety article, crediting, crediting them for their ability to continue storylines during the pandemic. And speaking to GameStop, Kenny Omega says that the AEW video game is in development. Anybody excited for the AEW no. video game? Fuck no. Damn, okay. Preach. <laughs> Actually, wait, pause. Do you know who, did they say anything about who the developer is? We, we don't know yet. That is literally the selling point to how excited you should be for this game. Whoever, they need THQ. If that THQ is not behind this game, fuck this game. We shall see. And uh, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I just got just nuggets of information for the kids, Chrissy, because, dang, you don't want to waste no $60 on some trash. According oh, to trust, you. we will not. <laughs> 
According to Super Jake Cast podcast, New Japan Pro Wrestling may be running both the Best of the Super Juniors tournament and the World Tag League on the same tour. This is going to follow the G1 Climax. Impact Wrestling News, and this is a big one, The Rock agrees to take part in Ken Shamrock's Impact Hall of Fame induction video after Shamrock axes him on Twitter. The Rock will be on Impact Wrestling due to this. So what's your thoughts on that, Top Guy JJ? Um, I think it's cool. I think it, it, it's pretty cool. Listen, he's probably going to be the narrator of his story. Like, he's going to run through his story. He's probably going to narrate it. I mean, rightfully so. They have a very, very deep connection when it comes to Ken Shamrock's WWF career. So it, it, it's rightfully so that this happens. Um, and obviously somebody to highlight it. So I like shit like this. I don't dislike Ken Shamrock. I just dislike him being on fucking Bound for Glory. But I think that this is, I think this is a great thing. This is really, really cool. This is a monumental thing for Impact Wrestling, though. To even get the Rock's voice on their programming is right. fucking huge. So this is a big step. I mean, this is M- Impact has been going places. So to get this under their belt, they need to social media the fuck out of this narration. <laughs> YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, Face. This shit needs to be on everything. It will be. Trust and believe. It will be. Sure it will. And then our final wrestling notes here, we have Billy Corgan of NWA confirms that NWA Power will be returning very, very soon. NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis hits 700-day milestone this week, so congratulations to him. And Fightful Select confirms that recent Major League Wrestling contracts prevent their stars from working with AEW. After guys like MJF and Joey Janela worked for both companies last year, and Brian Pillman Jr. has been appearing on AEW Dark most recently, now MLW is offering contracts that refuse for you to work with AEW. So very interesting uh, update right there. So we got to move on finally to our preview and predictions for this coming week. And we start off with Impact Victory Road. This is the last stop before Bound for Glory, the last big show on Impact Plus, before um, the biggest show of the year for Impact Wrestling. They're going to have the Defeat Rohit Challenge, where Rohit Raju, the exhibition champion, makes an open challenge to anyone on the roster. We're going to have Top Guy JJ's favorite, Tennille Dashwood, going one-on-one with Jordan Grace. Uh, Top Guy JJ, should I even ask who you got in this one? Fuck no! Okay. Miss Chrissy Love. all the way. Miss Chrissy Love, <laughs> Tennille versus Jordan Grace. Who you got? Jordan Grace. I agree with you. I'm going with Jordan Grace as well. Uh, uh, I'm going to take the L on this one. It's Bay in this match, nigga. <laughs> Brian, Brian Myers, a.k.a. the former Kurt Hawkins, will go one-on-one with his trainer, Tommy Dreamer, one-on-one. I'm going to go with Brian Myers in this one. Who you got, Miss Chrissy Love? Uh, I will agree with you with Brian. Oh, you got Top Guy JJ? I have no idea who the fuck Brian Myers is, but I know Tommy. I just said, a.k.a. the former Kurt Hawkins. Oh, God. That's his new name, friend. Tommy Dreamer's got to put... I'm drinking. Tommy Dreamer's got to put over Kurt... Oh, God. Oh, God. Damn, Tommy. Well, I mean, he got kids, so he got... got Tommy's a team player. He still takes an L. 
I'm shaking my head because you viewers at home know how annoyed I am that I have to repeat myself a hundred times. From time <laughs> um, like anyway. a kid, don't, don't just prepare really yourselves. Is. I mean, you got twins. You should know really, what this is about, friend. Right? He does prepare me for that. He does. He does. What? <laughs> <laughs> Fatal four-way matchup. We're going to have a preview of the tag team title matchup, Bound for Glory, here, as it's going to be Alex Shelley of the Motor City Machine Guns versus the inevitable Ace Austin versus the Norse Josh Alexanders versus the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson. So you got Fatal Four-Way, Shelley, Austin, Alexander, or Anderson. A lot of A's there. Who you got, uh, Top Guy JJ? Oh, man. I mean, can... Can can Alex Shelley finally get some love? No. Like I mean, one half of the tag team champion, so he does. He is getting love. I'm gonna still go with Alex Shelley. Fair enough. Anderson for the win. I I'm gonna go with Ace Austin here. I think Ace Austin needs some love right now because he's been taking a couple of L's lately. We got that's funny because we've all had different answers for that one. Yes, I like it. Oh wow. unsanctioned matchup is going to be Rhino and Heath. Yes, the artist formerly known as Heath Slater versus Reno Scum. Heath is still looking to get his contract with Impact Wrestling. His Heath for Impact segments have been on the money. He had Flavor Flav, David Hasselhoff, and the one, the only, Chuck Norris endorse him on Impact Wrestling most recently. What? Yes, yes. So How much did they pay these people? Well, Cameo is probably charging like a hundred dollars a pop, so I don't know. Bless you. <laughs> Who you got, Miss Chrissy Love? Uh, Hawkins. What you mean, Heath? Yeah, I'm sorry, Heath. Sorry, my bad. Oh, can you can can you get on Chrissy now? I, can I, you get on I, Chrissy? It's still an age. It's still it's still an age. I just heard the wrong name. Wrestler. Sorry, Heath. You got Rhino and Heath versus Reno Scum, JJ. I mean, I can't, I can't go against somebody that I got kids. You know, I can't, can't go against somebody that got kids. And you can't feed them. Heath exited WWE on some flames, and I hope that continues with his his impact run. Right. We shall see Impact Knockouts Championship. You guys, let us know. <laughs> well, Impact Knockouts Championship is on the line. Diona Parasa will versus the best friend of Kylie Ray, Susie. Susie is the, the alter ego of Sue Young. Look at his face. <laughs> Susie is the alter ego of Sue Young. We don't know if Sue Young will make her presence known in this one, but who you got, Deanna versus Susie? We'll start with you, Chrissy. Deanna. Top guy, JJ. It's going to be a sweep. I mean, this is clearly this is Deanna, man. Who the fuck is Susie? What the hell? Well, yeah, Deanna's going to get the win because Kylie Ray needs to get the victory at Bound for Glory. And then finally, Impact World title is on the line. Eric Young will defend against the former champion, Eddie Edwards. Who you got, JJ? Oh, man. Um, this is why I still a champ, right? Yes. So I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that EY is going to keep this title to Bound for Glory, so I'm going to go with EY retaining. Probably on some dirty shit. Definitely on some dirty shit, but I think EY going to retain. Chrissy Love? Kickstead. Who? Eddie Kingston. Who? Wrong promotion. That's what you just said. Wrong That's promotion. what you just said. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Edwards. Oh, my God. Back-to-back <laughs> yo, yo. Back matches, bro. And, 
Yo, if, if this would have been me, you would have been giving me the. Oh my god, my face right hurts so much. You're the same uh, uh, a company. <laughs> oh my god, my face hurts. Eddie oh. Dixon. <laughs> Eddie Edwards, I'm so sorry. Can't breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is how you know. <laughs> this is how you know that SP has dropped the poison. <laughs> oh man, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run through the card, and I'm gonna ask you guys the top matches for this coming. Oh week my god, my G1 October 5th. You got Shingo <laughs> versus Yujiro. You got Kyle versus Jay White. Okada versus Suzuki, Ishii versus Taishi, and let's get your prediction, guys, for Koto Obushi versus Will Osprey. Who you got? Chrissy Love, Obushi versus Will. Osprey. Will Osprey. Top to JJ. This might be the match of a fucking climax right here. Fuck, this is gonna be a big one. This is gonna be big. Um, I I, I do think that Will Osprey continues his redemption run. I think he continues it. I think he pulls off a really big win. And what belts does he have? He has the British, the uh, British Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, I don't have nothing to do with um, New Japan. Well, he defends it in New Japan, but it's for. But no, it's from a different promotion. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, thanks. Okay. They have great, nice belts, by the way. I just want. I'm I'm gonna go with Osprey as well here. Bushi, Bushi can afford a loss there. Uh, we got on October 6th, B-Block action in Hiroshima. You got Goto versus Yano. You got Sanada versus ZSJ. You got Juice versus Evil. Naito versus Yoshihashi. And this is a big one. Tadahashi versus Kenta. Who you got? Uh, top guy JJ. Tadahashi versus Kenta. Damn. Ooh, damn, and I just gave Kenta some praise, too. So Kenta is going up against Tanahashi. This is a big one here. This is actually a big one. I do. I think, don't know. I think Kenta pulls the major upset right here. I think this is a major, the biggest win in Kenta's time in New Japan. This is a huge, huge chance for Kenta. I think Kenta pulls off the upset. He did defeat him last year in the G1, but I am going to say Kenta gets back-to-back victories over Tanahashi as well. Who you got, Chrissy? I'm going to agree and go Kenta. On October 7th, they are back in Hiroshima. You got Ishii versus Yujiro, Okada versus Cobb, Osprey versus Suzuki, first time ever, Taishi versus Jane White, and the big one, the main event, Shingo Takagi versus Koto Obushi. Who do you got, Miss Chrissy Love, Obushi versus Shingo? Obushi. Top guy, JJ? This is going to be great. This is going to be fucking great. But I do think Ibushi gets the W on this match. First time ever. How the fuck is Ibushi going to survive this week? (laughs) What the fuck? I am going to go with Ibushi here in this one as well over Shingo. And then finally, October 8th in Okayama. We're going to see Goto versus Yoshihashi, Yano versus ZSJ, Sanada versus Kenta. That's going to be a really good one. Juice versus Naito. And the main event is going to be Tadahashi versus Evil. I am going to go with Tadahashi in this one. Who do you got, Miss Chrissy Love? 
I'm sorry, you said Evil and Tanahashi? Yes. Damn. Um, it's so funny that I can like now put faces to names, which is pretty kind of awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tanahashi. About time. Sad eye friend. <laughs> JJ. I mean, I've been calling Tanahashi to lose a lot of matches, a lot of matches in this so tournament. So he needs to win something. I think he is. I think he's gonna put evil over on this one. Ooh, makes I think sense. Slide continues. I think he has a tough climax. <laughs> you can't get it up, bro. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> The last big event of the week is, of course, NXT TakeOver 31, one of the most rushed TakeOvers of all time. Don't okay, so it's not just me. Okay, I'm like, wait, how did TakeOver even come? Like, yeah. why, why is it even, like, but they did that with the last, almost with the last TakeOver, too, though. Not really, because we knew it was coming SummerSlam weekend. But, okay, so, well, the one before that one, then, whatever. Yeah, it's coming. happened. This is a rare Sunday TakeOver right here. And it's on a Sunday at all. Oh, Stick it to Saturday. Before we get into the matches, who do you think is going to be the mystery former champion returning to NXT at TakeOver? We'll start with you, Top Guy JJ. Former NXT champion? Former champion of NXT. Damn, this is... Could be male, could be female. We don't know. Mm. Wow. I'm trying to go through, trying to run through these, these people. Wow. I'm just going to pick one, just pick one, just pick one, just pick one. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say Bobby Roode. Miss mm. Chrissy Love. He ain't got no place on Monday Night Raw, and he just took an L. Might as well just come back to the brand. Okay. Give you the Tyler Breeze effect and just come back and be better, maybe. Um, go ahead. Uh, so you said former champion is returning to take over. Yes. Is that correct? Okay. Anybody? Okay. And it's it has been vignettes. Okay. And it's either male or female. We don't know yet. We don't know. It's hard. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Bo Dallas. I will fucking throw up. I will throw up. Out of all the names you've said on this podcast platform. I would have never, and I mean never, would have thought you would have said. Never, ever said that shit. Oh, my God. If it comes true, oh, my God, I'm, I'm going to vomit. Um, I, I will give you mad credit on True Hill Heat 95. Word. Okay, work. Like, um, damn. Former? I, I, is Ember uh, still injured? We don't know. You can predict- I'm going with her. That's my pick. There you go. And then we got the matches. The only non-title match of the show is a grudge match. We got the Velveteen Dream going one-on-one with Kushida. 18 months after he signed with NXT, this is Kushida's first takeover appearance. Who you got, Top Guy, JJ? I'm definitely going with Kushida on this one. Yep, I'll... absolutely. Uh, Chrissy Love? Agreed. All across the board, it is for Kushida. Um, Dreams is about to take this L real fast. Another one. Next Another up. One. Next up. <laughs> in, 
But up, up. This is the first time <laughs> on a takeover that the NXT Cruiserweight title will be defended as it's going to be Santos Escobar defending against Isaiah Swerve Scott. Who do you got in this one? We'll start with you, Top Guy JJ. I think this might be one of the best matches of the night. This might be one of the best matches of the card. I'm going to go with Isaiah Swerve Scott actually pulling off the upset and actually gaining the Cruiserweight Championship. Oh. I think this is going to be a really good match. My heart wants to say Swerve Scott, but I'm going to say Santos Escobar continues his run. Who do you got, Chrissy? The drug lord Santos Escobar. <laughs> the drug lord. I love that nickname. Uh, next up, you got NXT North American title on the line. Damian Priest will defend against Mr. Takeover, Johnny Takeover, Johnny Gargano. Who do you got, Chrissy? It's a tough one. Um, I see Damian Priest winning. I think um, he's in a match with Johnny Gargano to make him like look good, I guess. But um, uh, I think he's gonna retain his his championship. Okay, JJ. This is clear. Priest is dead. Johnny is now for Johnny has been relegated to putting people over. This is just this is Johnny's job now. So uh, yeah, Damian Priest is gonna have a pretty decent match with Johnny Gargano and pull off the win. I think this okay. is gonna be a really strong matchup that Damian Priest gets the victory. This one is a rematch of, in my opinion, the women's match of the year in 2019. But this time it is for the NXT Women's Championship. Io Shirai will defend against Mrs. Gargano, Candice LeRae. I'm gonna go with. As you know, one of my favorites, Io Shirai, in this one. Who do you got? Top guy, JJ. I am going to go with a very, very dirty finish in Candice LeRae becoming the new NXT Women's What? Who do you got, Chrissy? Damn. Uh, I feel like she's going to win in like a DQ. I don't think she's going to be champ, though. I'm going to go with Candice. Wow. Two for Candice, okay. I'm going to take home the W, good. Uh, NXT title <laughs> is in the main event. Finn Balor will defend against Kyle O'Reilly. O'Reilly won the gauntlet eliminator to get this title shot. Um, we we got to see how this is going to affect the Undisputed Era, win or lose for Kyle O'Reilly. But this is the first title defense of Finn Balor since winning the NXT Championship on Super Tuesday Part 2. So we got in this one, Balor versus O'Reilly. We'll start with you, Chrissy Love. I'm, of course, going to go with Balor, but you know I love me some Kyle. Um, I think Kyle is going to look phenomenal in this match, though. Top guy, JJ. I want this to be a contender for match of the year. I want this to be a contender for match of the year very badly, but I think the finish is going to make that very shy of it. I don't think this match is going to end clean at all. I do think that Kyle gets cost this win mm. and Kyle ends up winning this match due to somebody in his own group. I don't know which one, but somebody in his own group, I believe, yeah, is going to fuck it up. going to cost him this win. I, I call Roderick. I think that if anybody gets involved, it is going to be Tommaso Ciampa, who they did tease is, has an issue with Kyle oh. O'Reilly. 
but I am going to go with Finn Balor in this one. So okay. that is all for our preview and predictions. We have to plug what we got for our lineup. We have continued coverage of the G1 Climax on G1 Climax 30 on J News Japan with a review of nights five and six, as well as seven and eight that are up on the YouTube channel right now. We have our WWE Clash of Champions roundtable starring top guy JJ that is up on the channel right now. We have our latest interview for True Heels BTR with the mercenary Garrison Creed is up right now as well. An all new AE recap as well as Wednesday Night Warriors and Dark Power will be up on the YouTube channel this weekend. And we will have our NXT TakeOver 31 roundtable at the beginning of the week. Miss Chrissy Love, tell them where they can find you on social media. I am the Sage Miss Chrissy Love. I am one of the calls of uh, SmackDown with the Lynches. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, IG, and Facebook underscore Miss Chrissy Love or Chrissy Love underscore or just plain old Crystal Lynch. Top Guy JJ. Right. And then on Instagram, you can find me at TrueHill underscore Top Guy JJ. Facebook, I'm simply Justin Johnson and Hopefully, we get to do this again really, really soon because I'm in love with this shit, man. Like, I, I love this roundtable shit. This roundtable shit has actually been pretty cool. You've been you've been one of our roundtable rebels, sir. We've been you've been doing a, your damn thing on them, so I got to give you credit, sir. You've been doing 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 well on the WWE pay per view. So maybe you'll be a constant theme of the WWE pay per views because you always have an interesting opinion there. <laughs> Are you going to be in the NXT one? Yeah. Uh, so we got a plug for our Facebook True Heels, the group page. You can like and be a part of that group page and vote on Wednesday Night Warriors poll for NXT and AEW. You can follow our, our wrestling promotion partners, Battle Club Pro and Warrior Wrestling, as well as our good friends over at Wrestling Travel on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our good friends of Uncanny Attractions on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, you can follow the movement True Hill Heat on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. YouTube channels that you should definitely check out are Battle Club Pro, Warrior Wrestling, Wrestling Travel, Jimmy Macaram for TV show reviews, including Ozark and Umbrella Academy, as well as our good friend Alex McCarthy. He has great interviews up on his YouTube channel right now. And of course, if you need a plug, my battery is dying with Marcus Cash. Check out his YouTube <laughs> channel as well. And you can listen to True Hill Heat on all your favorite audio platforms. So until True Hill Heat 95 for the princess of all the True Hills, Miss Chrissy Love. For her resident True Hill alcoholic, Top Guy JJ. <laughs> <laughs> It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. Like this video, share, comment down below. Let us know all your thoughts. And of course, push the subscribe button and the bell to stay notified for all the great content right here on True Hill Heat. We are signing off for her True Hill Heat 94. Until next time.